Hello, welcome to Talking Fit. I'm Paul Rose. I'm joined as ever by Luke Morgan. And today we are joined by two new runners, Ed Singleton and Tom Bryan. Ed, Tom, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm going to come to you first, Tom, just in two or three minutes. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your kind of fitness and running background. Uh, hi, so I'm Tom. I've never really done any fitness other than kind of begrudgingly school cross country. Um, and even that was at a push and I'd do everything in my power to get out of it. Um, I like going on walks before this, but nothing kind of too strenuous and it would normally involve a pub at the end of it. But uh, other than that, that's pretty much the limit of my uh, my physical exposure until I got into uh, until I got into Couch to 5K. Cool, Ed. Same question. Yeah, hi, I'm Ed. So I have I used to go to the gym a little bit and do some stuff, but really I never did anything cardio based. And then I recently started doing Couch to 5K from a decision where I decided this year to give up alcohol for the year and realized that I needed something else in my life after having a pretty bad start to the year and wanting to achieve a challenge. So I thought, well, give running a try, see how it goes, get away from my normal nine to five desk job at bank and see how it goes, which is going well. Cool. So Tom, how did, what motivated you to get into the couch to 5k? Obviously during, during lockdown, you're kind of stuck in the house and, uh, you know, as I said, you know, you don't really get much opportunity to go out and, you know, see something new or do something new. So um, it started off purely as effectively kind of a cure for boredom. That and kind of I've, you know, never been been hugely into fitness and always kind of looked at runners and kind of shook my head. I didn't really understand why they were into it and I thought they'd be nuts. But um, yeah, so it started off just to kind of get out of the house and just as something to do during lockdown. Yeah, that's kind of my me, me motivation behind it, boredom. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom, how's that evolved? How's it evolved? What, the, the motivation from, yeah, for it? Yeah, from, from day one starting to where are you at now? Um, so I've completed uh, Catch 5K two weeks ago, I think. Um, so now I'm just, yeah, I genuinely kind of look forward to it now. So I'm doing it every other day. Oh, brilliant. Um, and uh, yeah, I do actually look forward to it now. And I, you know, sitting on Google Maps trying to find new footpaths or you know new routes that still take me in a loop and and things like that. So I'm trying to walk the distance. As uh, I'm quite lucky at the moment, is I live at the top of a hill, so everything's quite flat, like around me. But so I'm trying to trying to work in some hills at the moment, which uh, is proving a new challenge. But uh, we'll get there. Okay. One of the criticisms that you often hear about Couch to 5K is you get to the 5K and then that's it. There's no kind of next step. Have And this is open to both of you. Have you got a, a next step in mind? Like you mentioned hills. Is there a, a 5 to 10K progression or is it just kind of trying to keep things going and keep yourself running regularly? For me, I'm... I've had some struggles with injuries throughout the whole time and some pains with shin splints. And I'm sort of planning, I finish it tomorrow, the couch to 5K. So my plan is that I'm going to carry on doing the 30 minutes running for a few weeks and then start upping the progression. So I want to hopefully by the end of the year, start running 10Ks and doing 10K. And then I'm looking 
to actually do a half marathon with my friend next year in May in Germany. Oh, good stuff. So that's my plan. Hopefully my shin splints don't continue to cause me absolute agony every so often. Luke, as a sports therapist, what kind of things would you say to Ed about shin splints and how to deal with them, potentially self-treat, what might be causing them, all those kind of things? Yeah, so it all comes down to diagnosis, first of all. And have you, have you had it diagnosed? Uh, no, I've just sort of read on the internet and assumed that the pain up the front of my legs is pretty much shin splints. Okay, fair enough. So there's, um, there's a few different types of the umbrella term of shin splints. So you can get, you can get basically stress on the tibia, um, and that's usually from overdoing it a little bit too early on. And you can get a build-up, which is something called compartment syndrome, which is like where you get a ton of pressure in the front of the leg. And it usually happens after a few minutes. And within a few minutes of rest after running, it will go away. So identifying what type it is is very important for obviously moving forward. Because if it is a pressure build-up, then we need to identify how to come past that. Whereas if it's usually pain through bone then rest is usually more of an option but there's a number of things you you can do really how long did you say you've been running so i've been started sort of eight weeks ago nine weeks ago okay Um, i think it's definitely more the um after running it the pain goes away pretty quickly so normally it doesn't linger around it starts within a few minutes of running so does it feel sorry does it feel quite heavy like quite a lot of pressure in there at all Yes, so it's quite a pain. It builds up very quickly. Normally, so yesterday I tried finishing the Couch 5K and within 15 minutes I had too much pain to even carry on. And then I sat down for five minutes and I was able to walk again. So that sounds like the compartment syndrome, which said that I have a chronic exertional compartment syndrome. So yeah, there's going to be a few things you, you can do to try and move past that. First of all, it's a time thing. So you've been running for eight weeks. The chances are, if you haven't run much in the past, that your technique could be improved in some way, shape or form. Secondly, a lot of people who get shin splints don't pick their knees up particularly high when they run. And because they don't pick their knees up very high, you end up lifting your toes a little bit higher. So you get ground clearance when you run forwards. Um, And by lifting your toes up, that's targeting the muscles in the front of your shin, um, which is the area which is most likely expanding and creating pressure so there's a couple of things there already just just through changing technique yes yeah, stop being so lazy and pick your knees up. <laughs> yeah pick your knees up push to pull the ground away from you so as you run try and rather than taking a step forward imagine that you're taking the ground behind you so you feel the activation in your hamstrings your calf and your and your glutes rather than feeling like you're constantly just trudging one leg in front of the other Okay. Um, I find that's quite useful. I've I've only had a couple of experiences personally of having shin splints, and that was when I got into running as well. So, just with a little bit of experimentation, um, I also found that changing footwear and you know, having a few different footwear choices can help as well. It sounds a bit bizarre, but even that time my shoelace is too tight would sort of aggravate those symptoms. So it's worthwhile ex- basically experimenting, seeing what works. Yeah. I think definitely for me, I, I noticed when I first started that I had pretty, very much awful technique and I would be in agony within seconds. And then I looked up some videos on YouTube and 
it helped a bit to kind of get the motivation of going so I could pick up my pace. And then I definitely don't lift my knees very high as I run. So I'm pretty sure. Okay, cool. So maybe hopefully that's something that you can try as of, yeah. it's a bit late now, but as of tomorrow yeah. and, get, and give that a crack, see how that gets on. And you're, are you running on flat surfaces? Or are you up and downhill? Uh, it's uh, completely flat. I run around a park. There's one small hill. Okay. I noticed at one point where it's very, very small, like a very steep incline of like eight meters and then it slopes down for a while. And I noticed that running down the hill is where I got a lot of the pain started to really, really build up as I yeah. hit quite hard as I hit running down the kind of a low incline. So when you're running downhill, generally, if you do something called uh, heel striking, yeah. as your heel hits the ground, all the muscles around the front of your leg to your toes, they'll be controlling that motion downwards, which is called eccentric loading. So it's the muscles are activating whilst they are lengthening and controlling. Um, if that aggravates it most, maybe it might be worthwhile trying to do small inclines, so running uphill, because that'd be a great yeah. way of picking your knees up higher, and then maybe walking back down the hills yeah. in between. It might just really encourage your technique to, to improve. Okay, brilliant. I'm going to try that. Yeah. How about you, Tom? Any kind of injury issues you found on your journey? Same as Ed, really. I had um, what I'd, I've, well, I've learned something I didn't realise. There was more than one kind of shin splint. I thought it was just a that was that's what it was so yeah i've had shin splints where you know even kind of on days where you're not running it feels like someone's kind of kicked you in the shin kind of thing and just that kind of tightness and uh tenderness i guess um knees slightly but i'm guessing this is all all kind of technique i haven't been as proactive as ed and uh, actually looked what i'm doing wrong uh, partly that's my own stubbornness of just kind of kind of powering through it and just wanting to get to wanting to get to the end of the loop and then you know by the time you you kind of wash up and out by the end of it and then you're straight back to your work desk so you kind of forget you know what it is and obviously stiffness after after sitting for a while and uh but no other than that i've been quite uh quite fortunate really weirdly i found it in um in my arms as well because obviously you're holding your arms up as you're running and uh, I mean, that kind of gives you an indication of just how unfit I am. Even just holding my arms up <laughs> as going for a run is is actually causing uh, a bit of an ache in the arms as well. So, yeah. Obviously, injuries are something that people always talk about with, with running. Oh, it's bad for your knees. It's bad for your ankles. It's bad for your hips. It's bad for your back. And generally, it's not that it's bad for you. It's just that you're doing it wrong. Not you specifically, but just people well in this running. case me specifically well, definitely yeah. is so. <laughs> <laughs> i had a few people telling me when i first started that because i'm, I'm a larger sort of build and set that it was bad for me I, running isn't good for my weight range and that it's not a good way to lose weight whereas i kind of i didn't really believe them i think i've not struggled as much as i thought i would after a while you get used to it and it's i think it's a misconception probably in many things that people just don't like running yeah, I think when people rush into running, if you if they're a bigger build or of more weight, I think when they rush into it, then yeah, they're probably leaving themselves a little bit susceptible to injury. But if you build up over time, you know, you weigh what you weigh, so your body will adapt and it will have to get stronger to deal with that. So your naturally your ligaments, tendons, muscles, and general bone health will improve through running. And as Paul mentioned earlier, there is. I wouldn't ever say it's a right technique, but there's probably definitely wrong ways of doing things. 
And I think rushing into anything in the fit in the fitness world is probably a bad idea. So that's that's one of the brilliant things about the Couch to 5K as well, where you're building it up. It's regimented, isn't it? It's set out. This is what you do on day one. This is what you do on day two. There's never too many jumps. There's days where you might find it's a lot more challenging than the previous day, but it's very, very well graduated. I think that was the, the main thing that's kept me going because I know that the concept, I think, of running for 30 minutes solid at the beginning nine weeks ago, I'd have gone, well, I'm never going to be able to do that. That's... And I, I would have set off and after two minutes, I'd have given up. Whereas the couch to 5K really does set, I think, realistic goals for someone who's trying to do it. And trying to get into running is the you start off running walking 90 seconds and then running for a minute and you repeat that eight times and i think that really that break of walking between those little runs fills you with that much more confidence once you've done that first week and they're like oh you run for eight minutes in total it really thinks oh wow i can actually do this somewhat and then you build up over the weeks and you really notice the fitness levels like now it's i run for 30 minutes it's uh, at some points, it's a mental aspect, but also it's, I can do it. There's no, I've done it twice. So finishing it a third time is doable and carry on running that distance. And from now on is a very much achievable task. One of the big draws about Couch to 5K, certainly as opposed to kind of coming to see someone like me, for example, people might perhaps look at me and say, well, you run loads and you run really long distances. There's no way you can relate to me thinking that 30 minutes is a long time to run so I'm not going to do that but then you go and find like a couch to 5k program online and it's set out specifically so that you can do that and when you look at it it doesn't have any kind of intimidation factor because you're starting out with that two minutes walk one minute run four times or you know whatever it is and you go well actually I can I can run for a minute but you probably I imagine looking back, you probably found the running for a minute as hard as what you find running for 30 minutes now. Well, when I started with the run for a minute, I had the most agony in my shins I think I've ever had in the first week. And the really, really felt the pain and the, the amount I sweated was probably the same as I do now in 30 minutes. It's just that fitness level has built. And then even though it's kind of, I do the one from the BBC and they have the different coaches even though they're not real well they are people but they're not really there it does motivate you and inspire you it does get you finishing and really pushing to your level that you can do I'm not the fastest and I I think I've struggled in some points where I measure myself against other people running in the park and that's where I've then hit some issues because there's lots of people who run around the same park as me at the same time and you think oh should I keep pace with them and then you're like no that's a terrible terrible idea but you just don't want to feel that sort of you're not as good as them I think it's a bit of a competitive streak in me yeah um would you say you agree with that as well Tom the kind of yeah no definitely so I I used um uh, Strava to like you know track me, me trends and all that kind of stuff and of course you see other people doing like the same segments as you and then you compare your pace to them and everything like that so I run like first thing in the morning so there's not always a huge number of people um like on the same routes necessarily or if they are they're going you know the opposite direction or something like that so you don't really kind of pace yourself against them but you know you'll see people on Strava doing you know when you first start you know you'll do a segment in say five minutes 
and you know you'll see someone earlier the same day did it in like three minutes and it can be a bit kind of a bit demoralizing a little bit especially when you first start and but yeah i think now it's kind of something to aim towards but not compare yourself against you know it's something it's like the end state and you know you're still working towards getting there but there are definitely a few moments where you know you do look at them and you kind of go oh what's the point i'm never i'm never going to get there but yeah i think as soon as you stop comparing yourself and seeing that as a goal as opposed to a challenge if that makes sense it does make sense but yeah you know it's ultimately you know where do you stop with the comparisons because if we all go out and say i'm going to give up if i can't run as fast as mo farah there aren't going to be very many people in the world who are going out running 5k's there comes a point where you you kind of realize that actually the people you're comparing yourself to don't care couldn't care less what you're doing and you need to just focus on yourself and your own achievement and i'm sure you've probably both found during the course of your programs that your pace has improved dramatically and you probably find it easier running faster now than you did running slower for a shorter distance four, oh, five, yeah. six weeks ago. Yeah, massively. So I, the luckily for me, the segment in the park where I run is, I think it's a 1.7K route segment on Strava. And the person who's done it has done it in five minutes. And I don't think that's even humanly impossible. It is a ridiculously fast time that is about three minutes faster than second place. So I feel they might have been on a bike. It was done on a bike. <laughs> this is where you need to take a screenshot of it and send it into Strava wankers on Instagram <laughs> yeah, they don't follow it. them then follow them yeah so kind of coming back to what we were saying a few minutes ago about what's next we never really got onto you with that Tom so what what are you doing to keep yourself running are you following what Ed's doing and looking at something like a half marathon or a 10k going forwards or are you happy just trying to maintain a 5k um so i'm definitely trying to up the distance i haven't set myself a goal like a half marathon or 10k or something and ideally i'd want to get up to a kind of running 10k anyway i was quite lucky by the end of the couched 5k i was doing more than 5k anyway and now that was including the warm-up and warm-down walks and um, so i just got me to try with things so i did six and a half kilometers at the end of the counter to 5k so i'm just trying to kind of up the distance on that and basically try and maintain like a steady pace but for longer yeah so every so i run every other day and then every other run i'll do the same route but i'll just kind of add an extra loop on or you know i'll go to the next footpath before looping down or something like that and then on the other days, that's when I try against the try against the hills. So I'm just trying to like mix it up, but also extend the amount of time that I can run for as well. So I'm up to about 40 minutes now, um, or 50 minutes if I do the hill route. So it's just kind of constantly finding, you know, the next, you know, can I do three loops around, you know, that road, or can I, you know, go up and down that field four times instead of three, or you know and then just what are you doing you mentioned trying to add hills in how are you starting to implement them in because i i know from looking at your strava you're not seeing it as a particular success at the moment 
but what, what what for you would be a successful hill run what are you aspiring towards with that and how are you going about implementing them into the runs so you say i haven't so uh, my run on saturday was my second attempt at the um, the hill that you're talking about and i see it as a as a failure because i have to not stop but i have to slow down to a walk then to get to the top of that if i'm being honest with myself it's probably not really a failure because it's still you know massive more than you know it's it's so much better than i could do when i first started which was the end of end of april end of may i think when i started but i think because i've said to myself i want to be able to do this i'm so it's not really that I'm seeing it's a failure or, you know, less of a success. It's just I haven't reached that goal yet. So in terms of what I'm doing, effectively, I kind of see it as a byproduct by up in the distance I can do on the flat. I'm going to hopefully increase, you know, my stamina and, you know, me, my aerobic fitness as well as, you know, you know, me, me legs and that. So I'm hoping that... By increasing the distance there I'm still going to be able to do in the hills so I've seen me run yesterday was one of the flat ones so it means tomorrow will be my third attempt at the hill um, and uh, yeah hopefully I won't turn the air blue up myself when uh, <laughs> if I don't manage it but you know I'm, I'm already even just with two attempts you know I was able to get up it a bit further on Saturday so hopefully tomorrow I'll be able to get up to a bit further and then it will just be you know we're quite lucky where we are there's lots of hills there's lots of woods around and you know you know yourselves you know there's there's lots of challenges there i might not have picked the best one to start with but it was a challenge it was there and uh you know it's all about setting myself something new to do so after 10k i'll probably then work towards 15 and i can't see myself ever getting to marathon levels but i also said i could never see myself running full stop so but I don't want to look that far ahead at the moment. It's just, you know, a smaller achievable goal. Yeah. Um, and then see where, see where we go after that. Eventually I'll start running out of time to actually physically do it before work. So, you know, that's another, another factor. Um, I don't think I could get into doing it in the evenings, but we'll see. I think a really good way to get good at hills is just to kind of, if you did your warm up to would be your your jog or your run from home to the bottom of the hill and then your main session is you just run up the hill until you can't run anymore until you reach the point where you've you've slowed down to walk walk or easy jog back down to the bottom go again and just do that for 15 minutes and then do an easy jog back home um, so you get that that little bit of recovery in between each attempt at the hill and you've got an easy way of tracking your progress as well because you you know how far you get up the hill each time and when you're doing it multiple times like that it, you'll see the difference very 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 quickly it might not feel pleasant at the time but you'll feel very well accomplished when you finish it i can see you're not looking forward to the prospect of that by the way you're shaking your head it does sound, I think, painful is probably the uh, the better word for it. I might do something similar to that, but just going, so there's two kind of hills, very loose, loosely bracketed hills, but um, so there's one hill that's more of a very gentle incline, 
um, which goes up past um, the castle. So it's not a barren, bad little hill anyway. Well, it's not it's not a hill, it's just a, a gentle slope. So I might try going up and down that a few times before uh, going up and down, possibly a near vertical hill. <laughs> it's not, but that's what it feels like. So. Um, <laughs> Only the other approach is, like you say, you have more smaller hills, incorporate them into a loop, and you you push yourself up the hills or up the the slight inclines, and then use the flats and the downhills as the the recovery bit. Uh, and again, by the end of it, you'll you'll feel knackered, but um, you get the the fitness benefits of pushing yourself up the hill, and it's. It's, it's kind of like strength training in a sense. Um, well, it's very much interval training, isn't it? Yeah. So you put in a you put in a high level of work in, followed by recovery, high level of work recovery, and when you're done, you're done. That could be 15 minutes in, that could maybe even be more in, but because it's got that higher level of intensity, the session would typically be shorter anyway. So we're, we're not saying go and do that for the same distance as your longest run. But the total time might be the longest, might be the same as your longest run because of the intervals and the breaks. Yeah, you have to ignore your overall pace on sessions like that and yeah. just say I'm going up the hill X times and it takes as long as it does, or I'm I'm spending this amount of time going up and down the hill or on the run. And if your your Strava comes out and says that your pace was two minutes per mile slower than it normally would be, then so be it. That's just how it is. With, with those just give it a middle finger. <laughs> so in terms of people out there who could be thinking of taking on a couch to 5k, is there any kind of golden nugget of advice either of you would give to them from your experiences? I think it's keep at it. And like you were just saying, don't think about the pace. Like I found recently that I've had a lot of mental blocks because I've looked at my watch and gone, oh, whoa, I'm five minutes slower than I should be going at this point. Or, and then I've realized, and that has made me stop and I've given up on runs. And I've, gone, oh, I've failed, I can't do this. And I've failed for the day and then I have to restart. And I think that was the sort of main issue that in the last three weeks, I, when I run, I don't look at my watch. I make a point of not looking at it just so that I don't get into my own head. It's a really sort of thing that, and then the other thing, I try to keep myself accountable with it. So I've posted the whole time, probably the most annoying most people, I was on Instagram stories and I've done different each day. And then I've made it a bit more interesting for myself where I've worn a different football shirt for each run, which is a obscene amount of football shirts for one person to own. <laughs> and at the start, I did not have enough football shirts. And at one point I went, you know what? I'm going to find a cheap website selling football shirts and bought another five or six to fit up the rest of the quota, which has led me to now only an Olympic Marseille t-shirt, football shirt, for no real reason. So I'm guessing the advice here is not to think about the pace rather than go out and buy a football shirt for every run that you do. Yeah, I'm just going to keep it interesting for yourself as well. That was my way of keeping it interesting. No, yeah, I like, I like that. And I like the fact that you've decided not to constantly look at your watch because that's exactly how I do it as well. I think the moment you start over overly tracking what you're doing, it can take the fun away from it and it can take the excitement away from it. If you're running based on feeling it, it's a really 
humbling feeling. Yeah, and the good thing with the couch to 5K is that it's always in your ear telling you how much you've done, how far you've got left or how many minutes. And it's not about really doing 5K. It's about running for 30 minutes. That's the real objection. You know, 5K is normally what's done in 30 minutes, but if you don't make it, it's not that important. It's more being able to run for 30 minutes when before you couldn't do that. Yeah, my, um, my running coach actually has a... He's always telling people to just ditch the watch every now and then maybe just have a stopwatch on it but don't use a gps tracker on it if you want to track it for strava or something do it on your phone but have your phone on mute and just in a pocket somewhere where you can't look at it you're not constantly checking and then you you get a like you say you get a feel for it rather than judging yourself on the the pace and the the time and speed and, and that kind of stuff you're just you you're in the moment a lot more. I'm much more of a geek with the stats. I like to know all that stuff. But yeah, there is definitely a benefit to not knowing it live and just being in the moment a bit more and checking it afterwards. Yeah, I think also if you look at it and constantly looking at timings, you just become obsessed by it. That's what at least I did. And I am quite into my stats. I do love good stats. So if I was pacing myself and I think, oh, by this point, I would normally be much further along. And then it, it really does play into your mind, I think, for, especially as someone who's a beginner and it kind of stops you thinking about the achievement of what you've done. Like if you start off like we have, where you haven't run really before and then you're doing, okay, eight minutes of running with intervals and then the next week you're doing a bit more, but you say, oh, I'm much slower now. Then it, it can be demotivating when you're not really thinking you're running a lot more than you were before so it's okay to be slower it's just building that up how about you tom any golden pearls of wisdom well fit fit it, it absolutely nailed it there which is don't look at anything i don't own a smartwatch or anything anyway but you know so i still track everything on my phone but don't have so like Strava, you can have your announcements every kilometre that will kind of come through. And, and you're right, it can be quite demoralising when it kind of says, you know, previous kilometre, 12 minutes or something. You know, just it, it can really, really kind of knock you back a bit. But other than that, it's just finding the right thing to listen to at the same time. So I started off with uh, just like listening to podcasts, which I found quite useful because it's like listening to a conversation so it's distracting you from the fact you are actually running because you find yourself actually concentrating more on the conversation than the fact that it feels like your legs are about to drop off so it's just finding that distraction and before you know it you know the the couch 5k trainers turning around going you know you're halfway there and you're like oh okay i mean now that you've said it i can feel it and so you almost kind of wish that you know you could mute the the couch 5k trainer because actually if you've got a set loop that you're doing then actually listening to something that just completely distracts you is is a massive massive benefit and obviously i don't have the and the couch 5k trainers in my ear anymore and so just like trying to experiment with different music that's you know the right kind of tempo where you're not going to be kind of you know slowly waltzing along the road but you know again nothing that's so fast that you're going to absolutely outdo yourself so i think the first time i tried to start listening to gabba as i was running along which was 
I mean, it was amazing for my pace, but just completely unsustainable. And, you know, after about 20 minutes in, it was just kind of, well, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't good. But, um, you know, but, you know, it's just finding something that you can listen to that distracts you enough, but motivates you at the same time. So it's, yeah. I found other people's playlists to be the best way because you don't know what's going to come up next. So at the start, I was using uh, my girlfriend's dad's playlist. He sent me on Spotify. And I had no idea what was going to be the next song. So it was always quite fun. You know, every three minutes, you just get a completely random song. And then if you don't change it on your phone, don't look at your phone to change the song if you don't like it. It works perfectly. So I would just listen through each song and just wondering what's going to come up next. I just kept doing that with random playlists. I found that good as well, especially like when you get towards the end of your run and you can feel yourself like properly starting to flag. You know, instead of kind of going, oh, well, you know, I'll make it to that next street lamp that I can see and keep running and something like that. That's obviously normally quite short, but if you kind of say, well, I'll make it to the end of, you know, the end of the next song or something like that, then you've kind of added on like three minutes, but you still feel like you've treated yourself by allowing yourself to end at a goal, which sounds counterintuitive because obviously the whole idea is, you know, you're, you're pushing yourself, but by kind of forcing yourself to push beyond that, point where you just think you're you're done and just kind of forcing yourself to go that little bit further each time i think is is quite good as well so yeah it's like kicking a door down isn't it when you feel like you're at a room and it, you get into it you're just kicking another door down and then just expanding the that size of your comfort zone yeah nice yeah there's just different visualizations of things that you just randomly pop up when you're running like i find the weirdest thing when I'm I'm running uphill sometimes I'll start imagining myself just throwing a lasso up and pulling myself up on the rope I have no idea why and I'm pretty sure that throwing a lasso up a hill wouldn't help you get up the hill in any way whatsoever but um, it just seems to to help at the, the time and the music one's an interesting one because both Luke and I have spoken at length before about music with running I know Luke you don't particularly like listening to music when you run yeah um, i don't i don't i don't choose to listen to music anymore but i have done in the past I'll, I'll listen to it sometimes but not always the random songs quite a good one i always get a boost when something completely out there like saturday night comes on I had an acoustic version of that come on the other day didn't even know there was an acoustic version of that but uh, it <laughs> it just kind of puts you in a happy place for a few minutes when you get a random flashback to 1993 pop up that you would never ever choose to listen to normally. And also um, on the likes of Spotify, I think we've mentioned this in a previous episode as well. I don't know if you guys have noticed or any of the listeners have noticed, but there's sections in Spotify that you can actually get a particular beat per minute playlist. So if you, it's a little bit more advanced. You need to know what sort of cadence or how many steps you're doing per minute. But if you can find something which goes to the rhythm of your footwork, then that's a nice way of just continuing and just making sure you're hitting all your markers when you're running. Then if you guys have already discovered that, have you at all? Yeah, I've seen it. I've had someone send that to me before. Any use? I didn't try it out. I kind of just got into the other people's playlists and just the random songs because I think, especially at the start of Couch to 5K, when you're doing a minute walking followed by an amount of time running or it's split between walking and running, your pace changes quite a lot throughout that whole period where now I'm kind of just stuck on a few playlists that I listen to 
all these longer durations just because they're quite long and extensive. That I'm kind of just keeping it the same, whereas it does get repetitive though, because you hear all the same stuff and I've stuck to the same route where I probably need to change up my route a little bit to make it a bit more interesting, but I just have limited time because obviously you have to juggle with work as well. And it's just very convenient. Right on the, the route thing, a simple change you can make and you'll be amazed how much of a difference it makes is just doing the same route backwards. You'll be amazed how different a loop can be when you're doing it facing the other way. There'll be a lot of things that you'll see that you would never have noticed the other way around. Um, and it's, it's quite strange in a way. It takes you, makes you wonder how inobservant you actually are. So before we wrap up, if there are any people listening now who are kind of on the fence about going out and trying a couch to 5k, what would you both say to them to get them out there and get them to give it a go? We go Tom first. Just do it. Genuinely. It's, it's such a feeling of accomplishment by the time you've done it. And even even completing like each week is such a feeling of accomplishment and you genuinely feel you feel quite proud about what you've achieved by the time you get to the end of it and yeah if you're the kind of person that likes a challenge then just yeah just do it so i think definitely do it like the one thing i had when i started is i kind of thought oh i don't want to see people to see me running in the park because i look ridiculous because i'm going slow or this but what I've learned is people don't care. Like I live in a country where in Germany where people aren't the friendliest sometimes and even they've been supportive. You get people giving you a thumbs up. They know that you can see you're a beginner runner and they really do like spur you on. Like people are really good out there. No one's really that out. Like I think people give runners like an arrogant perception sometimes, but no one's like that. Everyone's really supportive. And like I've annoyed people by posting it constantly on Instagram and I get so many people saying, going, doing really well. You've inspired me. You've done this. And I think, just do something that works for you. But I posted 27 pictures of my face on this, doing this. I'm sure no one really wants to see the continuous loss and growth of beard, but it's up there and it's kept me inspired and it's kept other people interested. And then they give you that boost that you sometimes need when you are thinking, oh God, I can't complete this. Ed, you're, you're partially the inspiration for me getting into this in the first place. So uh, don't, don't apologize for that in the slightest. welcome (laughs) (laughs) so if anyone out there is listening and they want to have a look at what you've been posting and be inspired by it or they want to send you a direct message and kind of ask your your advice or get a bit of motivation inspiration from you where can they they find you to do that so for me on instagram ed underscore singleton so i've post on there i don't really post pictures but i do stories occasionally and i've done my uh, couch to 5k as a highlight uh, my messages are open on there so you can reach out tom uh, for myself instagram's probably the, the best one as well there's not a huge amount of fitness stuff on there in fact i think the only fitness one on there is the is the completion one um but it's bryant 1003 you'll mainly be bombarded with pictures of military vehicles to be fair but if you want to have a chat or if you need anything let's know so mine's all very concrete buildings from post-soviet countries normally 
Yeah, well, but they're all lovely. So <laughs> and that's, that's actually why we wanted to do this podcast today was because you're both people who aren't involved in fitness. You're not, or well, you weren't runners until a couple of months ago. So you're not maybe, you know, the the people we normally have on here are professional athletes or personal trainers or people who are doing ludicrous fitness-based challenges. And actually, a lot of people, whilst they look at that and go, wow, that's amazing, it's the bar's too high for them to really take any genuine motivation or inspiration from it. Um, and it's, it's good to have two, without meaning to sound disrespectful, two kind of average Joes in a fitness sense that people can look at and say, do you know what, actually... I, I sit in an office as well and they've done that. So there's no reason I can't do it as well. So yeah, it's been good. Thanks for coming on. Luke, where can people go to find out more about you? Uh, yeah. So on Instagram, it's Zen underscore anatomy is quite a big push at the minute in videos and stuff I'm uploading to do, to do with all injury rehabilitation stuff. Um, Facebook Zen anatomy sports therapy and the website is zenanatomy.co.uk awesome and i am at paul rose pt and paulrosept.com thank you very much for joining us today thank you tom and ed for being on and we will see you next time goodbye